The next um, Kina Kina Chavbez talks about a terrible pogrom which uh, wiped out a city, but it's not, it's not clear which time period it's referring to. It's assumed that it was during the first crusade in the, just before the 1100s, 1096. It says, they spoke to their children. We did not merit to raise you to Tyra. Instead, we will sacrifice you like an oila. Instead, we will merit with you to the light that's hidden from all Valuma. And it's interesting that. If you study some of the Kinnis and some of the what's written about the Kinnis and some of the Rishonim who lived in the times of the Crusades, what took place in the Crusades wasn't actually ever, it wasn't ever repeated in terms of how the Jews reacted to the Crusades. And during the Holocaust, when we were threatened and we were murdered, no Jew ever killed their children. No Jew ever killed each other. They stayed alive as long as they could, and they were murdered uh, by the by the Nazis. But in the, this specifically in the Crusades, they had such a fear of being forced to convert and being forcibly made to live a life of Christianity. And even if they weren't as worried about them themselves being forced, they were worried that their children were going to be kidnapped and then forced. To, 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 to convert and become Christians, that they killed their own children. And this happened again and again and again. In every city that was destroyed, they first tried to seek, um, they tried to seek sanctuary and the people, the non-Jews or the non-Jewish leaders or the lords of the area that they thought would save them and who did not, and turned them over to the, the hordes of the crusaders that were coming. And then again and again, we have these these lines in the Kinnis here, we're going to have them later with the, in Mainz and in Shpira, with the other cities that were destroyed during Crusades, and they killed their own children. They killed each other. They, they, they did everything in their power not to, not to uh, be forced into submission. And it just, that was the only period in history that this happened. And again, from a halachic perspective, it can be discussed, and clearly they had many G'daylam living with them at the time in these cities who made that call, that, that part, part of the chiyuv of, of Messias Nefesh for Avaid Zara to Yarev Yavar is to kill yourself as well, if that was the only thing that's going to save you from Avaid Zara. But to imagine people having to do that, to imagine the Jews, the Messias Nefesh, the level of Messias Nefesh to do that, it's, it's something that was truly unequal. During, during the Holocaust, what was similar in some level, where the, the Jews, many Jews did entrust their children to, to non-Jews to care for them with the hope that they would come back after the Holocaust to save them, but many Jews refused to do that. The story that Klosenberg Rebbe would say, a man he knew, Mr. Bloom, that he, he says that he was, he was asked to, um, to, to you know, was, why, why won't he entrust his children with, uh, with, with a Christian family? And he said, I don't know that I'm going to come back after I get deported. I don't know if I'll survive. And if I don't survive, they're going to live their life as Christians. I'd rather them die. 
And there's that same sentiment. It's so hard to, for us to wrap our heads around, but that was the, the commitment and the connection that, that the Jews had to Yiddishkeit. And it's, uh, it, was, it was unequaled and un- unparalleled. <coughs> the next kinah <coughs> is uh, also a well-known kinah, famous story about the son and daughter of Rabbi Shmuel, Chayin Gadol, were captured and they were made into slaves. And the respective masters had the idea to put them together because they were so beautiful as, uh, so that they could split the children. And they didn't recognize each other in the dark. And they cried all night. And when it became morning, they recognized each other and they fell into each other's arms and they, they died from that anguish itself. And this kinna, or the reason why we're relating in this particular story is likely is because it became such a well-known story in Kla Yisrael was because it demonstrated the greatness and the purity of Klai Yisrael. Because here were two captives who had endured until they got to that point in captivity where they were finally sold. One can imagine how much pain and suffering and torture they had endured just to get to that point. And they were alone, they were out family, they were out of community, they were abandoned in every sense and, and concept possible and had no future waiting for them. They were slaves by the by the occupying country, there was no way they would ever, ever get free. And nonetheless, they clung to their Kedusha and to their Tahara and to the point of willingly relinquishing their lives to give, to give it up for it. And it's, a, it's, a, a, it's for us meant to be a symbolism of the strength that is inherent in all of us, the power that we have to, against all odds and against in the most difficult and trying and impossible situations to hold strong with what's important to us, to our values, and, and, and the Kedusha and Tahara that every youth possesses. The next kina, <coughs> this is number 25, talks about the destruction of Speyer, of uh, worms and manes during the First Crusade. And this, these cities have been li- living with relative tranquility up to that point. It was just, that's the cru- that First Crusade was the first true program that took place in Europe. There no Spanish Inquisition yet, there wasn't any of the expulsions, the massacres. Really, it hadn't been that long since the Jews had basically started migrating over from uh, the Middle East, from Bavel, from Persia, from those areas to start settling in Europe. And these cities had, some of them had really been around officially since the first Beis HaMikdash. Like they, there's a, a tradition that they hadn't gone back uh, with the with this, for the second base of Mikdash with Ezra, some say that's why they were destroyed first, but in any case, they had been with tranquility for a very, very long time, so there was no prior experience to this kind of bloodshed. And <clears throat> you see from the language of the Kina that they hadn't experienced any kind of such destruction. They say, <laughs> The two Bate Mikdash whose foundation was destroyed today on Tishabav. For the destruction of the small Bate Mikdash, the Midrash Atayra, the shuls, the, the yeshivas. And, you know, where, as that then became somewhat commonplace in Europe, as every couple of years there would be that kind of pogrom and break shuls and they would burn down. And this was the first time it had happened on such a large scale. And they write, we can't add another time for destruction and ruin. We don't want to mourn earlier or later. 
And Tachas Kain Hayoyim Leviasi Aireh. That's why today on Tisha B'Av will lament and mourn Aspeda Ve'Elila. And what's interesting also about history, and I didn't even know about some of them, is that these these pogroms on the scale where they would wipe out a whole city. So some of them are famous. We know about the Crusades. We know Tachatat that uh, the the those massacres that took place in the 16th, the Chamuniki. But there are so many of the same level of, of destruction and of scope that we don't even know about. We don't even know that these cities existed. I, I, was, I was learning uh, a Chuvis, uh, I think it was a Tashbeitz. Um, no, it was earlier than. No, it was Tashbeitz, yeah. And he mentioned something about a city, and it was like unclear what he was trying to say. And then in the footnotes, they mentioned that the city was, had been destroyed. So I started researching it. Um, and it was, uh, it was a persecution in the Spanish uh, city in the Seville region of Spain in 1391, 100 years before the actual expulsion, the uh, Inquisition, 100 years earlier. And it was written by Rabbeinu Crescas, who was Talmud of the Ran. And he writes how they went from community to community and they killed all those who didn't accept Christianity. And he writes, there's not a Jew standing in Barcelona anymore. And this is something we didn't, you know, it was a time period that we weren't aware that there was anything going on then. You know, it was called the golden time in, in uh, Spanish Jewry. Maybe it was for after that time until the Inquisition. And he also wrote how many couldn't withstand the test. And they did accept the forcible conversion. And for the Jews of the rest of the world, that was equally as tragic, tragic as being killed, perhaps even greater tragedy, as was all the Moranos and all those at the time of the Spanish Inquisition that did not leave Spain and remained there and open, they openly converted to Christianity even though they kept Yiddishkeit, it was considered a tragedy that they did that. It caused the Chil Hashem and it brought weakness to, to, to further generations that not everybody stood up, not everybody was able to withstand the, the, the test. And the Gaim destroyed these communities and the destruction and the, 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 the amount of damage that they did was incredible. I mean, we look, Europe was destroyed and it can't be rebuilt, right? Those Jewish communities can't be rebuilt. There's no reason really for it, right? Uh, Krakow was, there was millions of Jews there in those cities. They, they were, some of those cities were 50% Jewish, right? Uh, someone was pointing this out to me, like the... New York is not 50% Jewish, and we consider it to be lots of Jews, right? There were cities that were, like, there were, there were, there were so many hidden there. It was felt like a Jewish city, and they, 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 they were destroyed in a way that nobody was interested to go back. My, my, my father was, was Allah Shalom would say that, you know, he was very interested in going back and visiting his roots where he grew up in Budapest and Hungary, but his parents. My grandfather on both sides, my mother and my gra- and, and parents, they never wanted to go back. For them to go back, they just saw, saw the destruction. For him, it was, there was some nostalgia, he remem- remembered it a little bit as a child, and he didn't know what it was before, but for them to go back, it was like, that was just revisiting and reliving the, the, what, what was there before and what, what isn't now. So these, these destructions took place, and what they destroyed was never rebuilt, and it was never able to be recreated. We came to this country and we rebuilt, but we rebuilt something different. We didn't rebuild uh, Krakow, we didn't rebuild uh, Amir, we didn't rebuild uh, Vilna. We rebuilt something else, Baruch Hashem, we have what we have. But to understand is that what was destroyed was, was, was truly lost.
Kadesh beis ma'inai v'sashiv l'malainai v'nik b'tzulik yoinai v'hinei koyda da'inai ba'al abahiyis. The next kina, kina lamed aleph, very well known kina. So compares how we left Mitzrayim, b'tzesim Mitzrayim, which was at the peak of our glory and greatness with Hashem in our midst, with joy and rejoicing. And it compares it to how we left Yerushalayim, Mitzayim Yerushalayim, which was amidst destruction, sadness. And one of the comparisons we say is, Oz Yashur Moshe, Shira When we left Mitzrayim, there was Shira by Moshe Rabbeinu, Oz Yashur Moshe, Betsayim Mitzrayim. We won't forget his Shira. By Kainan Yirmiyov and Niyah, Nihi Niyah, Betsayim Yerushalayim. But when we left Yerushalayim, the kind of Shira that we had was the Kina that Yirmiyah and Navi composed, the Eicha, the Kinnis, full of sad tones as we left Yerushalayim. But what's interesting is that Chazal in Yalkut, they make a comparison between Moshe Rabbeinu and Yirmiyah Hanavi. It says that when Moshe when Hashem said, Navi akum b'kirbacha I will appoint a Navi from amongst you like you, to so saying that to Moshe Rabbeinu, he was referring, the Medrash says, he was referring to Yirmiyah and Navi. Both of them prophesied for 40 years. Both of them were betrayed by their own shevet. Both of them were cast away. Moshe in the Nile, Yirmiyot into a pit. Both of them get rebuked. Makes a number of, number of, of uh, comparisons between their career, so to speak. What Moshe Rabbeinu did and had to endure and what Yirmiyot did. And what it seems to be is that when Chazal says something like this, the, the message is that their mission was similar. Moshe Rabbeinu had a mission, and Yirmiyot and Navi had a mission, and their mission was to accomplish the same thing. But in, in essence, it seems the most uh, opposite possible. Moshe Rabbeinu's mission was to bring Klai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim and bring them into Eretz Yisrael, which he succeeded. And Yirmiyot and Navi left them, led them out of Eretz Yisrael. If anything, it was the opposite. But I think that that's the beauty of what the Chazal is actually trying to say, and it's part of what we are so- trying to teach ourselves when we say this kinna comparing Tzaytzim Yerushalayim to Tzaytzim Yerushalayim, was that Yirmiyo wasn't bringing Kal Yisrael out of Eretz Yisrael, he was actually bringing them back into Eretz Yisrael, because the only way they could come back is if they left. They needed to leave to be able to come back. While they were staying in Eretz Yisrael, they would have just faced utter destruction, and they would have been wiped out and demolished. There could have been nothing left the direction that they were going when they were in Eretz Yisrael. It required them to leave Eretz Yisrael with the harbor, with the destruction, with the gallus, with that pain, so that they could do the tshuva that was necessary in gallus bubble, so that they could come back to Yerushalayim. So Yirmiya leading them out of Eretz Yisrael was effectively the only method, the only way, the only path for them to come back to Eretz Yisrael. And that's essentially what the kina is coming to compare Tzaytzim Yerushalayim, Tzaytzim Yerushalayim. We needed to come to Eretz Yisrael, and when things were all done correctly, we came to Eretz Yisrael like we did B'Tzaytzim Yerushalayim, with Shira, with the Ananiya Kavad, with the Man, and with the Be'er, with all that glory. And when we left Yerushalayim with Yermio, the same thing needed to be accomplished, but unfortunately the, way, the path that we had chosen at that point was through Galos and destruction to achieve the same mission. <coughs> The Haftarah ends with that he says, I remember the faith you displayed when you followed Moshe into the Midbar. And this is the same thing. It's meaning to say, I'm not casting you into Golos to stay there. I'm leading you into Golos. I'm not throwing you away. I'm going with you. 
Same way I led you in the Midbar, I'm leading you in Galas as well. HaKadosh Baruch who goes with us, he went with us in the Midbar to bring us to Eretz Yisrael, he goes with us into Galas to be able to lead us back into Eretz Yisrael. And the same tachin and faith that we had in the Midbar, which is what the schus that brought us to Eretz Yisrael, is the same tachin and faith, if we have it here, will bring us back to Eretz Yisrael as well. One of the things we say is, Beisi Hiskainen, the Beis HaMikdash was established, the Shachan Allah HaAnan, and the Anan HaKavit rested on it, the Tzaysim Mitzrayim, when we left from Mitzrayim. The Hamas Kael Shachna like Anana, the anger of Hashem rested upon me like a dark cloud, the Tzaysim Mirishalayim. And this also is part of what we're doing in this, in this kina. It's uh, something that's discussed in different places and largely in... in uh, the, the Gemara in, in uh, Chagiga says that when, when uh, Rabbi uh, Nakadish learned Sefer Eicha, he dropped it and it fell. And at that point, he started crying, Hishloch Mishamayim Eretz to Ferris Yisrael, that Claudius was thrown from Shemayim to Eretz, me, me, got his lesson from a high, Vidutal Yaina Adbera Mikta, from the highest heights to the deepest pit. Rav Chaim Shmulevitz would famously say that what he saw wasn't so much when he dropped that, the book of Kinnas, the Eva that he was learning, he saw what happened to the book. He saw how it got broken and shattered in the fall. And the, what, 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 what was ma'er him was that when Kalal Yisrael falls, they fall hard and they fall deep. And, and the, the, the contrast between the greatness that Kalal Yisrael has when they're great to the low level that they can fall when they're, they're punished is so intense that it could, what it can cause is a total loss of confidence, a total loss, a yush, a loss of, of belief that it can be repaired, that it can be fixed. And that's part of what we're, we're mourning when we say, look how much potential we had, look what kind of nisim we had, and look what we ended up with now in Mirshalayim. So when we finish observing that fall and our potential, we finish with the encouraging words uh, to say that we're not giving up. But We keep in mind the direction where this is going. We left Yerushalayim with the plan to, through this suffering, through the Gullahs, to get a, create a path for ourselves to return to Yerushalayim.